Oh, come on. Let's give Jesus all the praise. Come on. You know it's all about him. Come on. I said it's all about him. It's all about him. Oh, my goodness. My goodness. What a, what a great night to be alive. Welcome our other campus. I remember two years ago, uh, Pastor Kimberly was reminding me that I was there in a great conference that Pastor JC and Kimberly hosted right there in Maryland. We had such a great time. Let's clap our hands for our other campus that's with us. Awesome, awesome. Hey, turn around, give somebody a high five, and then you can be seated. Come on, be friendly. High five, high five, high five. Air high five for those that are germaphobic. What a great night to be in the Atlanta area at Go Church, which is like my favorite name of a church on the planet right now. I love that Go Church. We love this church. Love it, love it, love it. Uh, my son and I were ministering. My son's with me. Dylan, won't you stand? This is my son whom I'm well pleased. Come on, clap your hands for my young bull. We were ministering last night in Pigeon Forge. Oh, yeah. We got some taffy. Y'all know what I'm talking about? to some student pastors and uh, some denominational student pastors, a fantastic opportunity, and they were a quiet bunch. I'm in a different place tonight. Come on, somebody. I had to bring my own party last night. Come on. I, I showed up at a party at Go Church. And so we're excited about being here and made that drive through the wonderful mountains and come into this region and just thank God for a, a, a church that has a heart to love people to life. I love that. Love people to life. And there's a lot of people to love right now. There's, there's a lot of people that are hurting across our lives. So, so that takes a lot of grace. That takes a lot of serve. It takes a lot of generosity. You don't walk in a building like this, of course, our other campus and walk across a structure like this and this amazing piece of property. When I walk in places like this, all I think about is generosity. All I think about is those who have tithed all these years and given offerings and gone online to give. I know at the end of our service we'll give and we'll go online. We do text to give, all these different ways that we're faithful in our giving. And I just think of people that have decided to be consistent givers and priority givers and those that have said no to selfishness and just said, hey, I want to be about the kingdom. I want to make a difference. I want to be all in. Uh, I, I realize what the more is for in my life. And, and I just thank God for it and I honor the bishop and his wife. Come on, can we clap our hands for our founding bishop? Come on, let's clap our hands. We just love them. Come on, can you show honor? Because that is, I love that, my bishop. <laughs> Amen. You're a great man. I appreciate you. I honor you, your precious wife, your family. And it's just great to be here. And, you know, I love the idea of what you're doing, moving people across the track. And if you're here and you're just kicking the tires to go church, I want to encourage you to get in the get in the track, get in the pathway, take a next step. And if not that, then join a small group. And I just want to say thank you for being a church that gives people a pathway. I was not raised in church. I showed up at church, didn't know nothing. We were not church-going people. It wasn't because we were wicked or full of the devil. We just didn't know. We just, we didn't go to church. And so thank God the church came to me and I was reached through an outreach. When you, when you're, I was reached through a go church. You went outside the walls of the church and did an outreach and it was very inviting into my heart. So we showed up in church. I didn't know anything. I, 
I didn't know the handshake or the hoot hoot. I didn't know anything. And, uh, and I, I never forget one Sunday night about three weeks into going to church, they had a big hoop and holler service. And I'd, I'd never been to a hoop and holler service. And, and, and so Pastor God said, shout unto God. Just shout unto God. Just shout unto God. And everybody started shouting. I, I just shout out, party. That's, that's all I had in my repertoire. And so my sister leaned over. She said, did you yell party? I said, yeah. She said, well, let's, let's try to get something different. But we'll, we'll teach you that. Come on, in the move track. And we'll, we'll get you in a small group, and we'll, we'll help you with that. So that's what small groups are all about here at Go Church and getting you in a growth track. So I want to say thank you on behalf of people that show up here and have had the worst week of their life. Or they don't know anything. They were not raised in an environment like this. Thank God that you provide steps. And all you that serve in those areas, and all of you that are that, are that face at the door and in the parking lot, when people are walking in here, never been in an environment like this, where you make people feel okay. I just thank God for that because I was one of them. I just didn't know anything. And I'm, I'm grateful that I didn't meet a judging people. I'm grateful that I didn't meet a, pu- a people that pushed me away. I met a people that said, come on, we're going to walk you through some things. So that's what this church is all about. I want to encourage you to take those next steps. So it's just an, an honor uh, to be here and to see what God has done course at our other location and just incredible incredible and I love your pastors I thank God for pastors JC and Kimberly and and the team that's here I can tell you this about uh, JC he is the real deal they love God Uh, they love people Uh, they live out core purposes come on let's clap our hands couldn't even finish couldn't even couldn't even finish honoring you before everybody just wanted to love on y'all come on let's share our love for our pastors come on at the other location you are loved, and uh, I know on behalf of myself, a lot of our ARC friends, Kyle's here from Church of the Highlands, and of course one of my closest friends on the planet, uh, Jimmy Rollins is here, and we just, we just the, the body of Christ is better because of Pastor JC and Kimberly. You are the real deal, and I just, I, I love your, your love for the Word, and I love how you love people. And to see what God has done. Pastor JC was sharing this with me. I want you to hear this. Just since the beginning of this year to right now, over 300 people have received Christ throughout Go Church. Come on, can you clap your hands for that? That is amazing. The Bible says every time one sinner repents, that all of heaven celebrates. So there's been 300 parties that have taken place at Go Church because 300 people that were lost were found by the shepherd. 300 people that had wandered away were brought home, and there were 300 parties that were started because of your generosity. Thank God for it. And I just believe there are going to be thousands and thousands of parties that are going to be, be, they're going to be celebrated because of your generosity and your giving. So you guys are amazing. I know tomorrow we will have pastors from all over this region that will be in this area. And because of your generosity and because you tithe and you give, we're going to be able to give them a great morning. We're going to encourage them, empower them. We have a meetup. So a lot of the team is here to do that. And, of course, Jimmy's going to be ministering, and so will uh, JC. So thanks a lot on behalf of that. So we, we're, we're grateful to be here. I get to pl- help plant churches, and your giving does that. We planted 876 churches in the night, last 19 years. And so we're having a blast doing that and get to serve at a great church like this. 
multiple services, seeing people come to Christ, and our family's doing well. I never communicate without showing a picture of our family. So where's a picture of the Rizzos? There's the Rizzos right there. Come on, look like a bunch of Italians right there. And so uh, that's, that's our oldest daughter. That's McCall. She graduated from LSU, and she married a boy that graduated from Alabama. They're not speaking this week, and so we'll see how that goes. And then that's our baby girl. She goes to Alabama. And then that's my son, Dylan, who's here and serves up in New York at the Hillsong Church and works along with me. And then that's my lovely wife. That's Dylan. We'll be married 31 years this December. And, hey, that's a strong woman right there. She is Cajun. I'm Italian. whole lot of activity going on in my house. It's so. Uh, we kind of make ourselves at home kind of people. Uh, I, I'm a kind of guy that will make himself at home even when he's not invited to, be, to make himself at home. I'll show up at your house. I will sit on your sofa. I will get in your refrigerator. I will use your toilet. I ain't scared. And so I just come on over to the house and just make my. It feels like home at Go Church just because of the legacy and the investment of this house. I want to talk for a few minutes, and I want to come alongside of what God is doing, and I believe what God is going to continue to do. And I want to talk for a few minutes around something. I've been, I get stuck on scriptures. I, I get planted in an area. I, I don't read my Bible fast. I've never been able to read my Bible fast. I'm a, I'm a very slow reader. I've never been able to read my Bible in a year. It's like just read my Bible in a decade would be a great thing. I, it just takes me forever. I just stay there, and I, I've, been, I've been stuck in the book of Luke for about a year. And, and I want to talk out of a parable that Jesus teaches that I think can show us a lot about the heart of God, about the heart of God toward us, what God is like toward us and towards those around us, and really a power that the church has and a power that all of us have. And I really believe it's here because you wouldn't have 300 people that would come to Christ without this power. And I want to talk for a few minutes on the idea of the power of an invitation, the power of an invitation. So let's all pray. Father, we love you and we thank you for what you're doing at Go Church. And we we honor, God, the leadership here. We thank you for our pastors and, Lord, all that you're doing. My goodness, Lord, we just feel like we are in a move. And, and Lord, we thank you for every person that's here. They matter to you. Lord, thank you that you see the one. You see the single mom. You see the blended family. You see the person who's had a week that it's just, it's just been a struggle. You see those that are fighting poverty, fighting addiction, struggling with anxiety and depression. So, Father, I just pray that as you've already ministered through this incredible time of worship and our, our communion and our prayer time, that you would continue to speak to hearts, that every individual will, will sense a pull from the most inviting Savior. Thank you that you're an inviting Savior and that the gospel of Jesus Christ is an inviting gospel. So we love you, we love you. In Jesus' name, everybody said a good amen. Once you turn to the person next to you and say, I'm glad you made it to go church tonight. Come on, look at the other person that was your second choice and tell them, you look like you could use a move, my friend. Hey. Jesus was such an inviter. One of the reasons why Jesus was, was disliked by the religious people of that time was because he was so inviting. Jesus was an includer. Uh, Jesus would never be someone who would say, us four, no more. Uh, I don't, you know, my wife sometimes, she'll say, well, I'm going to cook dinner tonight. Why don't you invite a few people? 
And so she'll call me midday and say, how many have you invited? I don't know, anywhere from about five to 40. I'm an includer. I'm an inviter. It's just it's my nature. Jesus is an inviter. He, he's an includer. And he was, he was constantly ridiculed, constantly uh, 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 suspect, and he was constantly in hot water because of the inviting nature of, uh, and the inviting way he lived his life. And he invited people that normally were not on a good invitation list. I mean, they were in like the list that he, the people that he hung out with had been like invited to jail. They'd been like invited to like not be invited. They were, in, they were on the non-invitation list. You know, there's people when you're putting together lists, you just know a few of them, don't put them on the list because we have no idea how, what's going to happen if they show up. He, he made his list out of the ones that nobody else wanted on the list. Am I talking to anybody tonight? That's how he made his list. And you see this portrayed in Luke chapter 14 in the parable of the great banquet. It says, when one of those who were at the table with him heard this, he said to Jesus, blessed is the one who will eat at the feast. I like that, the feast. Ain't nothing like having a feast. You ever been to somebody's house and you could tell they were prepared for you? How many of you have been to somebody's house and you thought, I don't think they thought we were coming? Because ain't nothing up in here. It's like an Oreo and like a lima bean and like three little chicken fingers. And them chicken had baby hands. Uh, they weren't ready for us. You ever been in somebody's house and but when you walked in, man, the candles are burning. They got appetizers, little Kenny G, little music playing. You're like, what's up? Little sausages and some pimento cheese. And it just feels good. Cleaned up. Dogs outside. Ain't no dirty clothes on the floor. You feel it? It feels so inviting. They said, you, are you ready? It's, it's going to be a feast. And when, that, when, when that you go into the dining room, there's, there's like three or four meats. There's vegetables. You get done, and they say, which dessert do you want? Which dessert? Does that mean you have several? You have several desserts to, to choose from. Shut your mouth. But you ever been somewhere? And you go walk in the kitchen and thought, are, are we eating or are we going to go out? <laughs> I like how this story says, it starts off, blessed is the one who will eat at the feast in the kingdom. There must have been something about Jesus that told broken humanity that he had more than they could ever imagine for them. So he, Jesus gets inspired by that and Jesus replied, a certain man was preparing a great banquet and invited many guests. At the time of the banquet, he sent his servant to tell those who had been invited, I think this is an important phrase, come for everything is now ready. I've taken care of everything. It's not one thing you're going to have to worry about. I love how Jesus, when he was on the cross, said, it is finished. I've taken care of everything. You need healing, I've taken care of it. 
You need forgiveness, I've taken care of it. You need a second chance, I've taken care of it. You need restoration, I'll I've taken care of that. You need help in a relationship, I'm taking care of that. You're dealing with anger, I'm going to help you with that. You feel discouraged, I'm going to help you with that. Everything you need has been prepared for you and already has been paid for you. It's all prepared. He says, but they all alike began to make excuses. The first said, I have bought a field. I must go and see it. Please excuse me. It's not a wicked excuse. It's not an ungodly excuse. It's just that he has a lot of possessions. He has a lot of things. Nothing wrong with having things, but everybody knows the problem happens is when the things have us. So he had stuff, and that was all right. It's all right to have stuff, but his stuff had him. So it caused him to miss out on an opportunity that was there for him. We'll look at the second excuse. There's another one said, I've just bought five yoke of oxen. I'm on my way to try them out. Please excuse me. Again, nothing wrong with being busy. Nothing wrong with having a lot going on. Nothing wrong with having a lot of reminders and a lot of people hitting you up and a lot of people needing you at different things and a, and a lot of things going on in your calendar and your schedule. But the problem is he's so busy, it's causing him to, to have misplaced priorities. So his priorities are misplaced because he's so busy with everything else. And one of them is so into the money and the other one is so into the schedule. And then we go to the third excuse. He says, uh, still another one said, I just got married so I can't come. How many of us ain't nothing like blaming your spouse? So relationships, relationships are now going to get in the way of experiencing the best opportunity. It's hard to find relationships that are neutral. Either relationship is positive or normally a relationship is negative. We don't have a lot of neutral relationships. Relationships are either moving us forward or relationships are either holding us back. So he had a relationship that was holding him back. There was something about that relationship. And so look at the response here. The servant came back and reported this to the master. Remember, Jesus is telling this. Then the owner of the house became angry. I think that's so interesting because it's, it's one of the few places in the Scripture where Jesus identifies with that feeling, with that emotion of anger. And he's not angry at them because of, you know, they're doing something wicked or, or, or what they're choosing to do. I think there's an anger there because of what they're missing out on. He's done provided everything. Everything they need has already been taken care of. Everything they would ever imagine that they would need or want in their life has already been paid for. It's prepared. All you have to do is be there, and you can experience it. But now excuses have gotten in the way. So he's not mad at the ox. He's not mad at the field. He's not mad at the spouse. He's mad because of what they're missing out on. And it says that he's angry. And he orders his servants to go back out quickly into the streets and the alleys of the town. And I love this. And bring in the poor, the crippled, the blind, and the lame. Poor, crippled, blind, and the lame. How many of us, that sounds like the gathering of a good church. <clears throat> he says, you go bring in people that cannot find it by themselves. <clears throat> he says, you go bring in people that are not mobile, that are going to need help getting there. They're going to need some assistance. How I many of there are people that are never going to just show up on their own to church? He says, I want you to go reach out to them. Sir, the servant said, what you ordered has been done, but there is still room. Now, that's a problem. 
That word room right there actually means opportunity. It actually means chance. That there's still opportunity. There's still a chance for someone to enjoy everything that you've provided. There's still a chance for, there's still an opportunity for someone to partake in everything that you've paid for. Then the master told his servant, go out to the roads and country lanes and compel them to come in so that my house will be full. Can I have a good amen? That's the goal of the story, that, that everyone possible can experience everything that God Almighty has prepared for them. It's the goal of the, of the house of God. It's the goal of the heart of God, and it's the goal of the servant of God. So the goal of the servant of God is, is once I have partaken, once I've been invited in, once I have enjoyed all that the master has provided, once I have ha- found forgiveness, which when I have found healing, when I have been given a tenth chance, I didn't say a second chance. I said a tenth chance. How many, how many in the hundreds? Come on, somebody. So once, once, I've, once I've enjoyed that, once I've stepped through the door of Jesus, once I have stepped into the banquet hall of restoration, once I have stepped into all that God has for me, I do not let the door shut behind me. I live my life making sure, sure that the door is open and that the invitation is open through my generosity, through my serve, through my prayer, through my being a part of leading a small group, through my tithe. I'm going to do everything I can to keep the invitation open because I want as many people possible to experience what I have experienced. Once I'm in, I don't let the door close behind me. Once I've said yes to the invitation, I'm not going to let the invitation stop. I'm going to live my life for that. It's the power of an invitation. I I love so many things about this scripture. That's why I read it slow. There's little small frames. I mean, one of them I think is incredible that Jesus went to parties. Never thought that growing up. I mean, 16 times in the New Testament, Jesus is at a house, at a feast, a banquet, a gathering. Say, so why would he go to a party? Because he loved people. And he went where people were. He enjoyed a good crowd. He wasn't a, an awkward savior. He, wasn't a, he, didn't have, he didn't have personal space issues. Like, back up. You're stepping all up in my holiness. I'm about to sick my lambs on y'all. About to unleash my doves. They're going to run y'all away because I don't want people all up in my personal space. I don't want anybody close to me. You just see Jesus sitting at a table. He was a chatting Savior. He had conversation. I mean, he sit for hours with people. There was one time he was three days with broken humanity, and they said that they laid him at his feet. He loved to be close to, to people, close the pain, close to struggle. Pain and struggle never pushed him away. Matter of fact, he loved so much, he would brought, he, in this story, he kept broadening the search. He kept expanding the search. How, how many of you have been to a party, nobody there? Walking like, what's up? Where's everybody at? It's just us. No, it ain't us. I'm about to go back to my house. But how many ever went to a party, man, like everybody there? Ah! I mean, 
It's like the more the merrier. It's like I want a lot of people there. I'm about to throw furniture in the pool. We're getting ready to get crazy. You want more people there. Jesus loved parties so much, he invited himself to a party. Oh, I love me some invite myself. I want to invite myself to stuff all the time. You want me to invite myself because if I'm there, it's going to be so much better. Other day, my wife and I were walking into a big old house, a gorgeous house, big, nice house, high-level house. We're walking up the sidewalk, and we're walking. She looks at me. She says, I I didn't see the invitation. I said, we we didn't get one, but they want us in there. (laughs) Jesus showed up in one city and saw Zacchaeus in a tree, said, Zacchaeus, I'm coming to your house tonight. I'm not doing anything in my house tonight. You are now. Invite everyone who's not on anyone else's invitation list. That's who I want to be with. Jesus loved parties. He loved people. He loved expanding the list. He would invite himself. Uh, I think the other thing I think is amazing is that the servants in the story had to stay fluid and flexible. Right when they thought it was over, it wasn't over. Stay fluid and flexible because the priority is to, we've we've got to get more people in. So that's why we go to a different service on a Sunday morning. That's why we, we, the reason why we have different campuses is not because we just love different campuses. The reason why we have different campuses, why? It's because we're expanding the search. And, and the reason why we, we're, we're choosing to serve one and, and maybe attend one or, or shift around or, 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 or because we're, we just stay fluid and flexible, whatever it takes, so that more people can receive all that God has for them. And then the other thing I think is very interesting about this, a little frame, is that excuses cause people to miss out. And we don't want our excuses to cause us to miss out. You know, I, I, my first pastor was an interesting uh, individual. He was, a, he was hardcore. He believed in being fully committed. There's no halfway commitment. Everybody served. Everybody gave. Everybody was a part. He just had a heart for, for people and I remember showing up at this church in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, and man, didn't know nothing, and you know, I got involved, and he was a long-winded preacher. I mean, preach a whole series on Sunday morning. I mean, a whole series, part seven. I mean, and hey, not only was a long-winded preacher, a little bit of an angry preacher. I don't know if you've ever been around any angry preach. Let me tell you something right now. Like, you want to fight me. I mean, it's an angry people. If you don't like it, don't let the back door hit you in the backside. There's five people waiting on your seat. Y'all all leave. Well, can, you know, if there's five people waiting on my seat, can we invite them in here? Because there ain't nobody up in here. But, man, he was a he, he confronter. Confront you. I was 19 years old. He confronted me in the foyer of the church about my giving. He stopped me in the foyer of the church. He didn't believe in counseling. And he didn't, have an, he, didn't have, he didn't have an inside voice. He only had an outside voice. He stopped me in the foyer of the church. said, Dino, about 45 people went to church. We were in the foyer. It's about 3.30 in the afternoon. We taking a break and going back in for part 37. Y'all know nothing about that kind of church. It's a long church. Go eat lunch at 5. And uh, he stopped me in the foyer of the church. He said, son, he said, you're not tithing. I said, oh, oh no, I'm, I'm, I'm giving. He said, no, no, you're tipping. Like people all around me. He said, you're not tithing. And he taught me the principle of the tithe. 
in the foyer of the church with people standing around. I'll never forget, he said, Dino, there's going to be a missionary from China that's going to be here on Sunday night next week. You need to come ready to give. Because i never forget, he looked at me and said, you'll never live in freedom if you don't understand the power of generosity. I didn't know anything about that. And I remember that Sunday night came around. I'd gotten paid that day by my father, good Italian man, paid me cash money. Had $400 cash money in my pocket. And, like, I, I make it all five so it looked big, just big, thick. Like, what's up? I make it rain, $5 bills, all of it, just $5 bills, $5 bills. I was sitting in church on Sunday night. That lady gave a call about being able to provide Bibles in China and be able to provide the Word of God for people that have not received, people that have not had an invitation, people that had never feasted on God's Word. And their table was barren. And she talked about how we could supply the Word of God, the meat of God's Word, for $10. We could bring Bibles to China. I remember sitting there thinking, I'm a, oh, yeah, I'm going I'm to I'm go big. I'm going to buy a Bible. I'm going to buy, like, one green bean for the table. A Bible. And as, as the pastor prayed, and he, didn't, he wasn't weird. He wasn't trying to put pressure. He said, just listen to God. Give what God tells you. And I was sitting there as I was praying, one Bible, one Bible. I got this. Thank you, Lord. One Bible. I heard in my spiritual ear, give it all. One Bible. Thank you, Lord. Amen. One Bible. Give it all. I kept hearing, give it all. Come on, I thought the devil was in the church. I cannot be God. And I felt my heart beating. I felt that, that, I, that thought. And I remember as that container came down the aisle, it's like it kept growing coming at me. And I, I remember reaching in my pocket, taking that $400. As that container came by, I just released it all into that container. It's like when it went by me, those $5 bills climbed up on the side of the container. We're going to China. I love you. My pastor knew something that I didn't know. See, my pastor knew something that I would never be a husband. I could never be a dad. I could never be a preacher. I could never lead a small group. I could never be a blessing to anyone if I didn't realize that I had received an invitation. So what am I going to do about providing an invitation for someone else? See, my pastor knew some things I didn't know at 19 years old. I wouldn't be here today if I didn't understand the power of an invitation. That once you walk through the door, then Lord, help me to continue to keep the door open for broken, lost humanity. Let me live that way with my life. Let me live that way, providing a banquet through my heart, and through grace and mercy for those that are in famine all around us. I wrote down three things about this. Just some application, just have a conversation about this whole idea of a power of an invitation. I'll give you three of them. Here's the first one. It's an invitation to all kinds of people. Oh, thank God. Well, we have an invitation from Go Church to all kinds of people. I mean, he thank God. I mean, I'm talking about a genuine interest in people. Jesus died for all of us. And, Lord, help us to be so engaging with broken humanity. Lord, that I'll do everything I can to, to join the search party. The in, I think those, 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 those servants came back in. They were ready to go back into the kitchen. And the, and the master said, we're not done yet. No, 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 no. We can't go back in there. Guess what, go church? We're not done yet. 
Oh, we're just, we're just, well, because there's still a chance. There's still opportunity. So, Lord, I pray that we would, we would have an invitation to all kinds of people in a genuine way, that we would be includers, that we would search for those that are hurting, those that are struggling, those that, are, that, that, are, that, that maybe don't feel a part and, and, and wouldn't feel accepted or, or maybe would feel far away, that, Lord, I'll do everything I can to make sure that the invitation of God, the invitation of Jesus is to all kinds of people, even people that are different than me, that have struggled at a different level than me, that have experienced something different than me, that have, that have come from a different background. Lord, help me to live my life that way. Help me to serve that way. Here's the second thing that I think is so important as it relates to an invitation. It's an invitation that serves the best. Can't invite some of your house and give them leftovers. Oh, come on up, what you got? Well, we got some leftovers. I mean, you do that for family. But you can't have first-timers to get leftovers. I mean, thank God for a church that says whatever it takes, let's give people the best experience possible. And thank God for the worship and the environment and this incredible facility and how we care for people, how we notice people, how we're, we're there to help people. It's an invitation that serves the best. When, when I first got saved and I was in that church, and man, I, I just got so excited. I had a lot of questions. I was constantly asking questions. And I can remember following a couple of pastors after service to the car. I had so many questions. I was asking about this, and I was asking about this. And one, uh, one of the older pastors on staff, and he was being patient with me. And one Sunday, I followed him to the car. He'd gotten in his car, just kind of give me a hint, but I hadn't gotten the hint. He's in his car, window rolled down, trying to talk me away from his car. Started the car. Watch your feet, son. Watch Watch your feet. I'm going to pull out. Thank you. I'm still asking him questions, talking, talking. He finally stopped me and he said, listen. He said, Dino, until you start serving, there is so much of this that's never going to make any sense to you. He said, until you start serving, not being a spectator, but being a servant, not being a consumer, but being a contributor to what God is doing, being a part, joining a team, saying, where can I put my shoulder up under some of the load and lift some of the load of moving forward or caring about the poor, or being there for those who show up at church, or what area can I, can I serve in with my talent, my treasure, my time? Where is it that I could serve? You know, my pastor looked at me after he taught me how to give, and he looked at me one day and he said, you know what I really need? Somebody on the vacuum team. I was like, well, that's not my spiritual gift. I don't even vacuum at home. He looked right at me and said, can you, can you begin to vacuum the church? I need you to vacuum the church. I was, I was 19 years old. I showed up on a Saturday, and there were two people that were doing the vacuum ministry. They didn't want me in it. They were holding, like, the vacuum ministry hostage. They don't want to grow it they want to expand it. So they never spoke to me. And I, he said, listen, they're not vacuuming the front of the church right because I need to see lines in the carpet. When I see lines in the carpet, I feel the unction of the Holy Ghost. Okay, I've not read that much in the Bible yet. I don't know where that's at. But if that's what you need to get us out of here earlier, then I'm all about it. You know, so you know what I started realizing, Pastor JC? Is I started realizing as I was vesting in serving, my investment in serving, my investment in time, my investment, all of a sudden I started sensing ownership. 
So now I'm serving. I'm, I'm starting to own what God is doing. It's just not the vision of my pastor. It's just not the vision of a few people. It became my vision. It became my purpose. It became a little bit about what I was about. I can remember when I would be leaving church and I'd see a mom on the back row with a couple kids and there'd goldfish all over the carpet. Hey, 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 you need to pick that stuff up right there. Somebody got to clean that up. That would be me. But owning what God is doing. See, it's an invitation to all kinds of people, and it's an invitation that serves the best. And then here's the third thing. It's an invitation of full-on generosity. Lord, whatever it takes. Whatever it takes. I love what Mother Teresa says. She says, we are never more like God than when we give. Make me more like Jesus. I'm never more like God than when I give. When I make a decision that it's not about me, myself, and I. When I make a decision that the more that I have, there's a reason for the more. There's a reason for the blessing. There's There's a reason that you've helped me. There's a reason that you've saved me. There's a reason that you've restored me. There's a, there's a reason why you got me through my storm. There's a reason why you brought me through this battle. Uh, there's a reason why I got delivered so I can help somebody else who needs delivered. Do you know there are people waiting on you to get through what you're going through so you can help them get through what they're getting ready to go through? It's full-on generosity. Lord, help me to give. Help me to be ready to be able to be that person who's constant. Believes in priority giving. Because you just never know. You just never know how you're giving and you're serving, you're noticing, and your your invitation and your sample of love makes a difference in someone's life. Because there's still room in the master's house. And while there's still room, then the servants are gonna be busy about it. Don't you don't you want to be found faithful when Jesus returns? I want to be found faithful. I want to be found helping someone hurting. I want to be found giving someone a a second chance. I want to be found kind of putting my shoulder up under someone's load that they're carrying and helping them to move off a, a burden or a pain or a struggle or a trauma. I want to be helping moving people. I want to be a part of something going, something moving. I want to be putting some things in motion through my my prayer, my care, my noticing, my being involved, my being aware. I want to help people move in their life. You know, there was a show on television. I finished with this a while back, but I just loved it. It's been a while. It's called Extreme Home Makeovers. Ooh, I love me some Extreme Home Makeovers. Love me some Ty Pennington. Oh, I like me some Ty Pennington. Ty show up that, you know, had holy highlights and just show up with like a choker necklace and a V-neck T-shirt and like some, you know, decorative jeans and some sandals on the workplace. And, What's up? You know, just, he's always, always, always real wired up, Ty. <laughs> just show up at somebody's house. You know, it's like the Jones family. He'd be so excited. He'd be like, knock on their door. Hey, Jones, hey! <laughs> Call the police. I mean, it's... Somebody outside with the highlights. And so, uh, and so he'd just scare everybody. And he'd have a team with him. And he'd say, Joe's Valley. And, man, they'd been going through a struggle. I like taking in some kids that their, their, their sister had. who She's died of cancer. Now they've taken in those kids. And, 
man, they, they, they can't move. They can't do anything. They're just at a small home, and the, there's three or four mattresses on the floor, and the oven don't work, and the fr- they're living out of a cooler. Refrigerator don't even work. and They can't do it. They can't move beyond where they're at. But there's been more put on them. And they're good people, and they're just trying to do their best, and they're trying to make a difference, and they're trying to help someone. Maybe they're a foster parent, or or maybe they've adopted some precious kids, or maybe they've been through sickness, or they're a veteran, and they're doing everything they can, but they're stuck in a situation that can't even help themselves. And it seems to be getting worse. And Ty shows up and says, we're going to do something for you that you cannot do for yourself. All the community is going to come together. It's going to be free. We've got contractors, electricians, and sheetrock hangers, and floor covers. and We're all here. And Home Depot's here. And, 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 and the concrete finishers are here. And, 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 and the decorators are here. And everybody's fired up. They all, and they all get there. And, and they take the Jones family. They send them to Disney World. And they leave all the kids. And they're at Disney World. And the whole community shows up. And in one week, they, they ascend on that house. And they build bedrooms and they build backyards and they do things that they can never even imagine. Midway through the week, they, they, they've got an iPad in the Jones family. All the kids going crazy on the monorail. And, they, and they, the iPad ties like, hey, woo! You hear construction and beep, beep, beep. Can't show you anything, but it's amazing. Kids go crazy all over the monorail. Disney World police trying to arrest them. It's crazy. And so... Week later, you see the Jones getting off the airplane, and they're getting on a, in a shuttle bus, and they come into their house. And everybody's there, all the contractors, all the contributors, everybody who's donated. Everybody, there's three or 400 people in the community there, and we're watching it, and we love it. Why? Because someone's doing something for someone that they cannot do for themselves, and they deserve it, and it should be that way. And we get excited about it, and the Jones family shows up. But guess what? When they get out of the shuttle, they cannot see the house. Why? Because there's a bus in front of the house. And the kids get out. And, ah, ah, they got Mickey Mouse ears on. Dad's like, I'll tell you what, I'm so excited. And the, and the woman's like, oh, gosh, oh, oh gosh, oh, God, oh, God. Oh, I'm so excited. Oh. The bus is in front of them. Ty's out there. What's up? Woo! Everybody's cheering. Yeah, are you ready to see your house? Yeah, yeah. The kids are like, whoa, they're going crazy. And then they say, you ready? Okay. Everybody say, move that bus. Come on. Move, come on, go church. Move that bus. Move that bus. And the bus moves and they see their home and they go crazy. Kids run all over the yard. The, the dad's like, man. And then I love it when the woman's like a believer because she's like, what? Ah! She faints and the church nurses have to come. It's incredible. And we are blown away. Why? Because now they've got bedrooms. Now they've got a stove. Now they've got a refrigerator. Now they've got a backyard. LeBron James is cooking breakfast. There's llamas. They've opened a Starbucks. Why? Because people came and moved something for a family that they could never move themselves. They lifted a load off of them that they could never lift for themselves. They provided something for them. Guess what, Go Church? That's what we do. That's what our giving does. That's what our generosity does. That's what our serve does. That's what our sacrifice does. Come on, clap your hands if you believe that. It's a move. Why? 
because we are a move. If people need something to be moved, then God says, I'm going to use you to move it. That's the heart of the gospel. That's the power of an invitation. Amen. Hey, let's be that church. Let's be those people. That's those people who move things that people themselves can't move. That's what they're known for. Amen. Let's bow our heads. Let me pray for you. We'll release our other campus to pray right there in their location. Every head bowed, I just want to take a moment right now. Lord, I just pray right now for Go Church. I pray, Father, that you would deposit in us the power of an invitation. God, you would put in us a creativity. You would put in us a noticing. You would give us an ear to hear what others don't hear. Give us an eye to see what others don't see. And give us a heart to embrace what others don't embrace. Let us be those people. Let us be that church. A church that's willing to do whatever it takes for the poor and the broken. Father, we pray that over this house. Lord, so often we have a need. Even people here tonight, all across this room, we have many needs. But Lord, I have found out that many times the way out of my own need is not just to stay camped in my need. Lord, it's amazing how many times you move in my life. When I begin to get near someone, and I've got a weight that needs to be moved. I've got a pain that needs to be moved. I've got a problem that needs to be moved. But it's amazing how so often when I, I step away from the weight and, and I begin to lean in to someone else's pain, into their poverty, into their sickness, into their struggle, and I began to lean into that and I, through my prayer and my giving and my being there, my listening. It, it's amazing how when I began to move someone else's bus, my, 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 how so often I can look back at the bus and the, and the problem and the sin that's been blocking my vision and blocking my breakthrough and blocking my freedom. All of a sudden as I'm moving someone else's, it's amazing how you begin to scoot mine. So, Father, we thank you. The Lord, we, we, we pray tonight that not only you move in our life, Lord, not only will this be a move, that we will be a part of it. Can we all stand right now and lift up our hands and just take one moment, just 30 more seconds, and just say, God, here I am. 
And, Lord, you know the need that I have. and You know the situation that I have. and You know the, the thing that's happening with my child or my marriage or my finances. Lord, I give you these needs. But right now, Father, I surrender my life and I surrender my treasure and I surrender my time and my energy. And, and Lord, I just thank right now that I'm going I'm to be a person that's going to help somebody else. In the name of Jesus. This is the move of God. Yes, 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 yes. Come on, church, can we say that? Use us, God. Use us. Lord, help us to take our eyes off ourselves and begin to put our eyes on you and others that we work with and others that are struggling. Let us be that church. Let us be that people. In the name of Jesus, for the poor, the hurting, the the addict, those that are struggling, in the name of Jesus.